You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 274. there rockstar and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm your host Christina Cantors. I help professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more at thecmethod.com. Now if you're new to the show, a huge welcome to you. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We have new episodes coming out weekly and to get access to the back catalogue of over 200 episodes, become a premium member and join the C-Method Academy at thecmethod.com slash join. That's thecmethod.com slash join. Now I haven't really been speaking too much about the current pandemic situation on the podcast. I try to stay away from it because I feel like we get so much news and stuff shoved in our faces about it, but it really is, it really seems to be dragging on, doesn't it? And in Melbourne, here in Melbourne, we've entered stage four restrictions, which has meant that we have to wear a mask when we go outside. We're not allowed to visit each other at all, all restaurants and pubs and bars and everything is closed. We're only allowed to leave the house for an hour a day each and we're not allowed outside after 8pm. So they've brought in a curfew as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just accept it and go, you know what, this is the way it is. There's not much we can do about it. All we've got to do is just do our best to stay safe. You know, but sometimes the, the routine of work, sleep, eat, repeat, work, sleep, eat, repeat, that, you know, and working from home and just spending a lot of time at home in my small apartment, eventually it it does kind of eat away at me. And sometimes I find myself, you know, I'll be fine for most of the time and then I'll reach a point where something small just really bugs me and I'll get upset or I'll just get really frustrated for a very small reason. And then that's when I realize, you know, things aren't normal. It's not normal for me to be locked up inside. It's not normal for me to not be hanging out with my friends. It's not normal for me to not be going out and going to the gym and exercising and all that sort of thing. And I have to remind myself that it's important to to keep taking care of my own mental health during this time. And this, I mean, and this is different for everyone. For me, it includes doing my meditation, reading books that inspire and motivate me and making sure that I stay in touch with friends, you know, by calling them or having video calls and that sort of thing. And so this week I was thinking about what I wanted to podcast about and as I was going through these own, the the challenges that, I, that I'm having myself just with being locked up, I was reminded of a conversation that I had with Samantha Saki from The Self Club And this was back in episode 223, which was called, What is Self-Awareness and Why is it Important? And this was such a powerful conversation. And Samantha, she's a a real purpose-driven human. She's got a beautiful spirit. And with her training, she specializes in leadership and emotional intelligence. And she's all about giving people the tools to learn to love and know themselves fully so that we can enjoy life consciously and freely and freely being being you, you know, being ourselves. And when we had this conversation, she shared with us 
why it's important to be our own best friend and to fill ourselves with with self-love and and compassion and develop more of a a deeper understanding around who we are and and that level of self-awareness and why it's so important to our fulfillment and our happiness and overall self-confidence. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know what, I really want to reshare this conversation because I think having this having this self-love and, and compassion is so important, especially right now. And I think we could all do a little bit better to to be kind to ourselves and to um, help ourselves be that little bit happier. When I first released this episode, I had such great feedback from it. And I remember actually saying to to you, to my listeners, to listen to this episode twice because there are so many gems and thought-provoking concepts and insights shared here by Samantha. So if you didn't get to listen to it twice, then here it is again. I'm sure you'll get something else out of it. And if and if this is your very first time hearing this episode, then I do hope that you enjoy. Okay, let's do it. Here's Samantha Saki. So you're the founder of the Self Club. And you call yourself a consciousness expansion officer that is CEO of the Self Club. Can you explain, Samantha, what does that actually mean? I'm glad somebody finally asked me. (laughs) (laughs) So the consciousness expansion officer, I thought was a funny way to call myself the CEO. Yeah. Um, And that's basically what I consider my purpose. Everything that I do with the Self Club and everything I'll ever do is how can I expand the consciousness, our individual consciousness of who we are, of why we're here, right? Of of what we're doing as humanity on the planet. I know I got a little transcendental, but yeah, I think everything is about expanding our awareness and consciousness, basically. Yeah. And what first got you really excited and passionate about doing this? I like to think that I've been doing this my whole life. Like I've been writing since I'm 12. And because I've moved over 18 times, I was always very like aware and conscious of how different we all are. And so, yeah, I feel like I've been writing. And then when I was 15, I asked my mom, can I please go to a psychologist because I need to understand myself more. Wait, wait, wait. When you were 15? Yeah. You asked to go to a psychologist. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's because we just moved from Miami to Spain and it was so hard and I had so many attitudes that I was aware of that I couldn't get over. So I'd have like a really bad attitude with my mom, which maybe is normal when you're 15, but I didn't want to have that attitude, but it was like bigger than me. Mm. So, you know, and, and it was, I left my friends back home and my dad stayed back in the U.S. and it was just so confusing. Um, and so, yeah, I just knew that I needed... I needed to know more than I knew at that moment to kind of like overcome my circumstances. Right. And what did you discover at that age? Well, I I have like vague memories of the sessions. Um, I just remember like exploring, right? Like having that space to explore, like why and what do I feel this? And then just bringing to light things like I always thought in extremes, right? Like black or white. I was like, wow. And then I remember, I, this is actually the only thing I remember from my sessions. I did a lot. And she was like, well, could there be something in the middle, right? If you didn't go to this extreme or that extreme, how, how would it look like if it was in the middle? And it was such a simple question, right? But it was like, oh, hmm. well. And then it just got me thinking of that. And it made me, and again, this is where the consciousness comes in. It's like, oh, wow, things could be another way than how I am currently perceiving them. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and that's magical when we realize that, our perception of reality is really quite subjective. 
Yeah. And we can change it. And what a big realization to have when you're a teenager <laughs> as well. Um, so can we start at the very sort of base level when we talk about self-awareness, right? Because a lot of this self, you know, consciousness and understanding ourselves, it all starts with the level of self-awareness. So can you explain, Samantha, what that is exactly? Yes, that is one of my favorite topics in the world. And I do say everything starts with the self. Yeah. And everything starts with awareness. So before we can do anything about anything, we have to become aware of what it is, right? It's like, oh, can you solve this problem? Well, what's the problem, right? You have to understand it. The same goes with the self. So self-awareness, there's two kinds of self-awareness. There is internal self-awareness, which is how you perceive yourself and what you know about yourself. And then there's external self-awareness, which is how what you know about how you are perceived. So how others see you, mm-hmm. how aware you are of that. And both of those make up self-awareness. Okay. It's, I think it's a, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a lifelong process. There's not, there's like the day never comes where, okay, now I am fully self-aware because mm. it's, there's so many layers of it. And I also like to think that n- knowing and understanding yourself is, is basically infinite because you know how we're just exploring space and it's like this whole discovery, right? And like, we don't know what we don't know. So we keep discovering new things. And first it was planets and there's new galaxies and these concepts we don't even know of. And I really believe that the inner world is just as deep as as outwards. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like infinite ways to go in. And I feel also as humanity, we're just starting to explore psychology, the mind, the body, like the, the infinite intelligence that is how our body functions. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so many levels of self-awareness, right? From understanding how our physical body works. Right. So how- would that be like first, the first level? Like what's my physical body doing or how it works? Um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. No. I would say that the first level is understanding – not understanding, because that's actually an, an excellent. It's just noticing, okay, and perceiving your thoughts, mm-hmm. your emotions, and your physical state. Okay, so I'd say the three things, right? Right. What am I feeling physically? And that can be as simple as like, "Wow, my arm hurts," right? That's right. a level of awareness. Or it can be as identifying your own emotions, right? So like, "Wow, I am angry," and this this sounds really silly right now and simple, but a lot of people have a really hard time identifying these like basic core emotions because mm. we have so many layers and we should and we shouldn't feel that. We can get into that later. Um, and then there's the thoughts, right? So just being aware of what you're thinking rather than just being the thought, right? Mm. There's a difference between thinking, uh, let me, you know, I don't know, like, oh, I'm so stupid, right? Then actually perceiving the thought oh, wow, I just, I just, the first thought that came to mind was, I'm so stupid, right? That's really yeah. unhelpful. That's like you, 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 when you generate that, you create that observer mind, you become an observer of the thought. That is what self-awareness is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that sounds, I mean, you, you said that that's first level, right? <laughs> I can't even imagine what the other levels are because that is already quite a challenge for a lot of people, being aware of what those thoughts are and being aware, like you said, being aware of what that feeling is. A lot of people don't know how to put that into language or they don't know how to mm. observe it. Where do you think most people are in terms of their level of self-awareness? That's such a, it's a hard question when we, when we always, when we say like most people, mm. right? I think 
everybody, when they answer that question, they talk about like their world. Because sure. we all live in like our bubble, right? Yeah. And in my world, um, in my world, I see I see everything. I, I feel, and I don't know on, on a statistic level, how relevant this is for all of humanity. But in my world, in my society, I do see a tendency where things like meditation and yoga and mm-hmm. mindfulness and coaching, right? Um, and retreats are becoming increasingly popular, right? Mm. So there is a path where people are like, well, wow, like there's healing to be done within me. There's things about myself and the way I work that I didn't know. And I'm a coach, right? So I, I those kind of people come to me yeah. um, and I work with them and I love that. Um, and I also um, and I also teach, right, entrepreneurship and design thinking, emotional intelligence. And, um, you know, when I teach, I do see how little most people know about these things. Mm. Um, I think that one of the things that shocks me and one of the reasons I feel that I'm here on earth is how did nobody teach us such basic things about our functioning? Like why was I studying logarithms for so long yeah. in mathematics? Venn diagrams and yeah. probability. <laughs> like I just have this trauma with logarithms, you know, because I spent so much time trying to understand them and I still don't know what they are. Um, but, you know, figuring myself out was like on the side, you know, mm. so I had to go to a psychologist. I had to write diaries and diaries and have conversations because I'm a deep conversations person since I'm like 13, you know with people to try to figure it all out. And now I'm 30, right? And I always say I've been getting out of my own way for 28 years. And now I can bring it out to the world, right? Um, And it's beautiful. And it has been what it has been. Wouldn't change anything. But it's like, well, we would have a lot mm, better problems, I like to think, like higher quality problems, if we were taught this from the beginning. Because right now, and, and what I mean by that is, Right. What I was doing my whole life was getting out of my own way, right? Which was my own mind, my own mind, and my own thoughts were my biggest, my number one obstacle. So, what's an example of some of the thoughts you were having that we that were obstacles for you? I'm not good enough. Mm. To do to do what? To communicate what I want to communicate. To say what I want to say to people. Um, I am too sensitive to start my own business and deal with all the difficulties okay yeah um so a lot of a lot of the um, we all have an inner critic right and it's like these voices this voice little voice we have in the back of our head that whenever we want to take a risk or do something that is that we love or is meaningful or, or, or a goal that we you know a dream this voice comes in and is like Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> who do you think you are, <laughs> right? Yeah. And we all have it, and it comes in different shapes and forms. And for me, personally, it was like, you're, yeah, you're too sensitive, you know? Um, it was a lot of the voices of, like, things that my parents or grandparents expected me or told me I should be or do. Um, it was, you need one more degree. You don't have authority in this topic, um, you know? You need more in order to be able to do this one thing. And I mean, you know, the inner critic or those voices could be useful to some extent, could um, make us pursue certain things, get some studies, but there is a point where you gotta be like, that's enough, Yeah, you know? So what did you do to 
make friends or perhaps quieten down those voices. I love that you said make friends because my my journey of self-development has been becoming my own best friend, literally. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just such good friends with myself. Like <laughs> I have such a good time by myself. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Me and myself, we just yeah. hang out. We're besties. You know? Literally this morning, and today was like my day for my things. And uh, this morning I was alone at home, you know, and I was like meditating and just like talking to myself. And I'm just in such a good vibe when I'm with myself, you know. What do you say when you talk to yourself? Um, I, I, I laugh a lot. I laugh a lot okay. because because I'm laughing at the fact that I'm talking to myself and that it's so okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm so, I'm just so relieved that I allow myself to be me. That, yes. That's why I'm so happy. Because before... Oh my God, it was so tiring to be in my head, you know, because, and I, and I was just, I just gave a talk last night about self-love yep. and it was about like acknowledging yourself and kind of letting yourself be. And the problem today, and we're so caught up in like overthinking and over like rationalizing everything. And it's so destructive mm. because you can't understand, you can't understand everything with like logic and rational thought. And so, you know, you, you feel something and then you imagine you're angry at something, right? And then you're like, wait, I shouldn't feel angry, right? Because I'm supposed to be Zen and I'm supposed to be happy all the time or control myself. Let me, let me reframe my thoughts so I can feel. And then, and then suddenly you're happy, but then you're not really feeling happy. So then you're like, oh, I'm, you know, and then you just start like layering up. Mm. And it's like, you just have to stop thinking and maybe just go back and it's like, well, you know, this made me angry. You have to accept, accept. So I've I've created a space now with myself where I just accept where I am, what I'm doing, who I am, where I'm going, mm. and and it's it's delicious to be there. I love that word. Yeah. <laughs> I love you use the word delicious to describe it. That's beautiful. You know, I I catch myself thinking sometimes, oh, I should be further along than where I am right now, or I should have achieved more, or made more money or whatever it is by now. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, I shared this with a, a hypnotherapist friend of mine even like a couple of years ago because I had the same thoughts back then. And he said to me, what do you mean by by now? Like what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Like how, how are you – what are you even comparing yourself to? How are you measuring your success? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It was just some arbitrary thought. Like I just feel like I should be more – like, and it had no basis for comparison or, or anything. Yeah. And um, – so I like so when when you were talking about that about around just being okay with where you are right now and where you're going and that's okay, you yeah, know, it's it resonated a lot. Yeah, and that that's you know that that word that that sensation right because again there's no amount of rational thought that can make you feel things like love or mm -hmm. fulfillment um, or inner peace. It, it's not a logical process, right? It's not like, oh, well, I am X years old and I am exactly at the place that society said, right? That that doesn't yeah. work like that. Or you don't say, oh, I have $100,000 in my bank account. I'm happy now. Exactly. Like that does not happen. Objective fulfilled. Check, right? Yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So <laughs> we have all these like logical structures set up and, you know, a lot of the things, I was just talking about this this morning as well with a coaching client that... Um, you know, she's turning 34 and yeah, she's like, oh my God, am I where I'm supposed to be? Right. And, you know, I just turned 30 and a lot, there's a lot of thoughts around getting, hitting one of the decade, the big decade numbers. And I was like, what, who cares about this? And, and, you know, speaking, mm. and you know, this is really interesting because I think 
if self-awareness was going to start anywhere, it would be by identifying your useful thoughts and your unhelpful thoughts. Because you think, well, I'm thinking that I'm already this age, right? And then I'm creating expectations about what humans that have reached this age, particularly myself, should be doing. Mm. Does that help me in any way possible, <laughs> right? Yeah. Not really, no, right? It does not. Yeah. So it's very, it's very simple, but, you know, and this is where self-confidence comes in as well. It's not a lot, like, you're not going to reach self-confidence through a logical, rational process, right? Okay, I have X degrees or I have achieved this in my life. I am now fully self-confident. Mm -mm. Mm. There's people who don't have any degrees and haven't had much experience and that are extremely self-confident. It's, it's, it's something that you decide because it's useful. So you're just like, well, I decide to believe in myself and whatever will happen will happen. All right, so... It's easy to say, let's just decide to believe in ourselves, which is wonderful. How do we start to cultivate that? How do we go about doing that? Because I think we're so programmed to using that logical, rational way of analysing success or goal setting and pr progressing, right? It's you get the degree, you do the X amount of years of study, you work your way up, you get the promotion, you blah, blah, blah. You do it that way. And what you're saying, Samantha, is that does not, pursuing a goal or or putting like a logical rational check next to a list is not going to bring us that self-confidence or that happiness so what is that what is the other side of it I would say and, and you know this is I made a decision when I was 22 years old when I, I was in London um, my first not really my, my first job out of college let's say full-time one and I started exploring myself, right? All these fears that I had and why I couldn't do that and this. And, you know, I, I realized, and this is the first decision, that human beings are not rational beings, okay? And this is proven by psychology, 85 to 92, I think it is, percent of what we do is subconscious. So we think we're logical, right? We think we're like, yes, this and that, and not really. We're being driven yeah. by all this subconscious stuff. So... Mm. All, for me, that was powerful because the moment that you're like, okay, no matter how much I study and no matter what I do, I'm not going to understand like the human brain and why we do what we do logically and rationally. Yeah. Right. Like life is so much bigger than what we can rationally comprehend. So already that accepting that for me was a form of like surrendering, surrendering to something bigger than myself. I don't know if that makes sense. It was like, Okay, life is infinitely complex. Mm -hmm. I will never like my I will never be able to wrap my head around it. Yes. So there's something there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that I'll never understand. Great. And that's okay. And that's fantastic. Let's, yeah. Like in fact, if you can't accept that, you're probably going to be in big trouble, mm. right? Because we have like this obsession with control. Mm. All right? And that's normal because a little self-awareness for, for everyone, you know, our brain is wired for survival um, physically. So our brain thinks that if it can control something, it can make sure, right? It, it, can, it can just create certainty. Yeah. And certainty can guarantee survival. If you're sure you're going to have food, right, every night, that's a good indication that you're going to survive. Um, so given that our brain is always searching for that, we want to just control everything, right? Like instinctually. Yep. And this is why so many people freak out around public speaking 
and impromptu speaking, I hear this all the time, because they can't control that. Mm-hmm. I can control, you know, reading off a script or I can control yeah. preparing for a presentation or a meeting. But as soon as someone asks me a question, that's heading into unknown territory and people can't, they, they don't have to deal with that unknown because they can't control it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so scary. It's scary, yeah. you know. And and one way to deal with this um, with the brain, because again, for, for me, the first thing is self-awareness. Okay, great. My brain is wired for this. So it's normal that letting go of control is scary. Mm. Yeah, that is, um, that is how my, the, how, that's how fear is wired in the brain. Yeah, it goes, the amygdala just is like, oh my God, right, alert of possible danger. And before it was like, you know, an alligator or a bear that was going to come eat you. And it's like, oh my God, yes, fear, run or freeze or whatever the body, you know, the mechanism decides. But now it's like, okay, the brain is seeing a situation as a possible threat to my life. But actually, right, my higher intelligence is like, I don't think I'm going to die, right? Mm. Um, I don't think that the possible rejection or judgment that I might feel from that risk is actually going to kill me, Mm. right? And you're like, okay, brain, all right, I know you're trying to protect me from this horrendous rejection I might experience if I go ask that person out or go speak in public, right? Um, But I'm going to take that risk, right? Because I'm not going to die. And what we can do is take our brain out of its comfort zone in little steps, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have to do like the huge thing because our brain might enter like panic zone and really freeze. Um, we could do little things, right? To be like, hey, brain, look, I'm doing this and it's not killing me. Oh, wow, okay. And then when, when the comfort zone starts to expand, your brain starts making these really dangerous things a bit safer, all right? Because that's how mm-hmm. neuroplasticity works. Like our brain has the capacity to reshape itself and it's doing it every single day. Now with our actions, we can shape the direction in which it reshapes. I don't know if I'm getting too too deep now. Into- so if we, is what you're saying, if we do that small thing to get out of our comfort zone, the brain then goes, oh, that wasn't so bad. So exactly. I'm going to I'm going to label that not scary now. <laughs> exactly. So you'll be more likely to do that in the future or then go to the next level. Exactly. And I'm sure everyone can relate to this. I mean, Mm. we've all done, you know, it's like I always put the example of speaking a language, a new language. Mm. Yeah. Even if you're just going on vacation and you learn one word, you know, the first time you're like, what? Say it again. And then the first time you say it, you feel really dumb, you know, and am I saying it right? And you're scared they're going to judge you or not understand you. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then once you did it once and somebody understood you, the second time's not that scary. And then, you know, obviously creating a sentence and then learning a full language. It's all about little tiny steps where your brain's like okay yeah people might not understand you you might get judged Mm. but it's okay right um and that's with literally anything we mentioned before about learning how to well having that self-awareness part of a big part of that is learning how to be aware of our emotions and being able to name them and give a language to those emotions and i've noticed this Um, a lot with the people that I coach, and I'm sure you come across this as well, where you ask people, what are you feeling? What's the emotion that's come up for you? And they say something like, I feel like he's not listening to me, which is not an emotion. So can we talk a little bit about that? Firstly, is this something that you come across? Yes, a lot, a lot. And because we weren't taught emotional intelligence or any kind of emotion Mm -hmm. work growing up, is why this is so difficult, right? So how do you feel is also rationalized, 
So why is it important that we can actually name those emotions? Hmm. So that's an interesting question. It's So emotions are are physical and instinctual. Yeah? So it's really important um that before because we we saw that the brain and the mind can like complicate things. Yeah, sure. And it adds like layers and it, it makes things quite confusing. So when we kind of like get out of our heads and back into our body, we get a lot of clarity. Right? We're like Okay, wow. And also a lot of healing is done through the body, mm-hmm. much more than just through the rational brain. So when we get out of our head and we actually name um an emotion that was triggered from even something we have experienced in our childhood maybe, right? Or something that happened yesterday, you know, it doesn't matter. Um and we allow ourselves to actually feel it, healing happens. Healing happens because you are acknowledging a part of yourself, right? And, you know, I'll share an experience of of a client that I had and um you know, she was exper- you know, she she had she had anger and frustration from her childhood because of something that she wasn't allowed to do. I think this is a very common thing. Uh, we wanted something, but our parents kind of made us do something else. Yeah. And that's normal. It is appropriate to feel frustrated or angry because of that. Yeah. Because you are denying or somebody was denying a really important part of you. And the problem is that we layered up, right? So it's like, oh, no, we justify our parents, right? Or no, but it's okay because this or that. And that's fine. But you still felt it. You still felt it. And if you don't allow yourself to feel it, that stuff is still stuck in your body. And it usually, not always, but it usually comes out in one way or another. You know, and it could be I'm sure everybody can can relate to a time when something very slight, like something happened and then somebody just starts bawling, you know, just crying. Yeah. Or or you know, the stupidest thing happens, and I mean stupid by something very small and insignificant, and then, you know, you just blow up and scream. And that is just a sign of that emotion being repressed and not having any space to be felt. Right. So your your emotions like demand to be felt. Mm. And often like we we only realize it um unfortunately through pain, right? So pain pain is one of the biggest things that demands to be felt. Like you can't you can't uh avoid and not avoid pain but you can't deny it right mm-hmm. like if a, a little little pain you can be like oh it's nothing right but as the pain gets bigger it's like oh my god this really hurts yeah. it's like getting your attention um and that's what happens when we have a lot like big levels of anger inside of us or levels of sadness that we've never felt now if we allowed ourselves to actually name these and feel them more on a regular basis yeah we would be a lot healthier emotionally And what does that look like? Simply saying, I feel sad right now. Yes. I'm feeling really sad. Yes, literally. And then not having you or anybody want to make that sadness go away. Right. Now, so so not having someone say, "Oh, don't feel sad." Exactly. It's okay. Cuz it's like, "Well, no, it's not, and I feel sad." <laughs> exactly. So please just validate my emotions and say, "You're feeling sad. I can see that. I can understand you must be feeling really sad right now." Exactly. Mm. And but because we have such a complicated relationship with emotions in ourselves, like if we don't allow ourselves to experience sadness, right? Because we're uncomfortable or we don't let ourselves get angry because we think it's inappropriate, then we don't allow for those emotions in other people either. 
Right. That's a really good point. So yeah. if somebody else is sad because my my own sadness makes me uncomfortable, if you're sad, I'm going to be really uncomfortable. Or like, what am I supposed to say? Hey, yeah. cheer up, right? Shots. Let's get shots. You know, whatever it is. Oh, it's such a it's such a um, an automatic reaction, isn't it? To be like, don't be angry, don't be sad, or don't be frustrated. Let's have a wine, have a glass of wine, and numb the feeling mm-hmm. like make it so that you can't feel it anymore exactly but like it's it's so hard to sit with that emotion when we don't want to feel it mm-hmm. it is um but when we start to change our thoughts around mm-hmm. emotions right and this is where this is what i'm why i think we need so much education around it right if we realize okay well wait sadness is not good or bad it just is mm-hmm. and it's giving me information okay, wow, that that changes the way we start to feel about sadness. The same with anger. Now, you know, one thing is feeling anger, identifying it. Another topic is how we express it and how it is appropriate to express it and with whom it's appropriate to express it, right? That's another topic. But yes, if if we had more spaces just to allow it to be, rather than judging it and shaming it, a lot of the problems today that we have is because we shame the emotions that we feel. So what does that look like? That looks like um, maybe I'm angry, yeah, but I'm ashamed that I'm angry. So for a really clear example could be jealousy, all right? A lot of, I mean, it's not that easy. People, you don't hear people saying like, oh, I'm so jealous, right? I mean, unless it's like, oh, you're going to a trip to, Val- to Bali. Yeah, so and, jealous. I'm yeah. so jealous of your shoes. <laughs> like real jealousy, right? Yeah, yeah. You're never going to say it because yeah. we're ashamed that yes. we are jealous, right? You're. It's like... There's there's shame around jealousy and envy. And women, for example, um, have more trouble feeling anger, right? Because there's a stigma between, you know, behind it or, oh, this crazy woman, right? Um, and the same goes with men and sadness, right? Because like of the... man up. Exactly. Like, boys don't cry. Exactly. Grow some balls. Exactly. Yeah. And there's like toxic masculinity. Yes. So they have a lot of shame around sadness, right? So if they cry, they're judging themselves for crying because they're not enough of a man. Yeah. Mm. And so that really, again, that really complicates things because sadness and anger and, you know, the other core emotions, they're a basic part of being human. And we have to allow ourselves to experience them all to really live the human experience. When, when that's the new foundation, right, we start to change how we feel about the emotions. We start to, and, and, and we can even sometimes invite them in, all right? So, wow, I'm sad. And, and I loved that yesterday in this workshop, um, one, one man, he said, I love sadness. And he said, I've understood so many things about my life when I'm sad. Wow. And I, w- I was like, I've never heard a man say that out loud, you know? I was like, wow, yes. And that is one of the purposes of sadness is acceptance. Acceptance of things that we can't change. Yeah. You know, and it makes us kind of just go more inside and reflect. And a lot of beautiful things come out from that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I forgot where we were going with all this. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I really love that. I think it's so important for people to – understand or begin to know that it's okay to feel these negative emotions Mm -hmm. and I 
you know, I teach my clients and I do this with myself um, to be curious about that emotion. And instead of, say, if you get upset or you get frustrated, instead of going, oh, I shouldn't be upset or I shouldn't, you know, I should be happy about this, just going, oh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm noticing that I'm feeling upset or I'm noticing that I'm feeling anxious, right? I wonder where that's coming from. Could it be, you know, that I'm doing something outside my comfort zone? Could it be that I value um, I expected this person to show respect to me in this way and they didn't based off what I thought, you know, so therefore I feel hurt. Mm. And that's a great frame. And I think yeah. one of the necessary things for self-awareness, just like become a little curious about yourself and explore, right? Because there's no right or wrong and you just are and you're great the way that you are. And it's just about learning how to navigate a little bit between, you know, those mind, body, soul and emotions. So, yeah. Love it. Well, Samantha, this has been so wonderful chatting with you. And I, I as you can tell, I love talking about this stuff <laughs> as well. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the Self Club and the work you do there? Yes. The Self Club is dedicated to spreading basically self-awareness and self-love, right? The self-acceptance part, which is crucial um, to any corner of the world, right? So in education is one of the big spaces, one-to-one -one, um, as well, and in consulting with companies. Um, and now we're doing, taking a lot of the courses online. Um, and it's a lot of self-discovery because I think we yeah. all need to start from the basics. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of what we do. Beautiful. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Samantha. And where can people best connect with you? Well, on Instagram, yeah, the self.club. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, if you give my full name. Sure. But yeah, I think those are the two best places. We're on Facebook as well. So, yeah. of course. Wonderful. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you so Christina. much. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the beautiful Samantha Saki. I remember after I had this conversation with her, I just had this feeling of, oh, you know, that everything was going to be okay. And maybe that's done that for you today. Maybe not. I don't know. But if it has, then, then that's beautiful. So I hope that you can take some of those things that Samantha, Samantha suggested and, and implement them and start to be a bit more kind to yourself. Start to like yourself as your own, treat yourself as your own best friend and bring more of that compassion in, into your life. And I know that even though we're in a really difficult situation right now, the thing that we can still control is how we think about ourselves and how we treat ourselves. You know, that that can't be taken away from us. So it's, it's, it's something that we can continue to work on even when times are really difficult. If you want notes on this episode and links to how you can connect with Samantha, visit thecmethod.com slash 274. That's thecmethod.com slash 274. And if you are looking for extra support, if you are looking to develop your emotional intelligence, your self-awareness, if you want to build your communication and confidence in the workplace, then a good place you can get started is to join us in the C-Method Academy, where we have monthly webinars, where you get to connect with myself and be coached, and we have monthly training modules as well, as, and you also get access to all 200 plus podcast episodes. So come on over to thecmethod.com slash join for more information and to sign up. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Do take care of yourself and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Canters and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>